Hello there and welcome back to the Chat Shit, Get Fit, the fitness news. We unpack the week's biggest news in health and fitness. I'm Bill and as always, I'm joined by Tom. Hello there. This week, we are going to take a closer look at how long can you take off of the gym? Will you lose all your gains if you go on a two-week holiday? Let's get into this week's The Fitness News. Bow, 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 bow. One day I'm going to forget and just leave that in. And people are going to be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, what was that weird noise in the background? Yeah. Cost of living crisis, times are hard. We have to now make yeah. our own jingles. Lost the license to the jingle, yeah, we had to get rid of it. You know, like, that's like when you're in primary school and you're learning how to make instruments of like buttons or rice in like a plastic yeah, yeah. bottle. It's yeah, just us with our own instruments. <laughs> times are yeah, hard. Shaking shit. No, I mean, I know I've got instruments <laughs> behind me, but you know, we've got our own little maracas. Right. You know, cool. hitting a radiator with a spoon. Okay, guys. Hello. Welcome back to the fitness news. For you, nothing would have changed. But for me and Tom, we've had a few weeks off. Or two, two weeks, two and a half weeks, whatever it is. We had a few weeks off, but we did record the last three back-to-back. Hence why you've not had to go without the fitness news. It's been rolling. It's been absolutely fine. But we are back, refreshed, recharged, and ready to tackle the shit show that is the health and fitness industry. How exciting. Indeed. Um, This week, the topic is very prevalent for this time of year. The sun's out. Summer's coming. Holidays are they're on route for most people out there. And the thought of many of you, I say many, we'll come in some polls actually, but the thought of most people taking time off the gym for one to two to three to four weeks for any reason, not just a holiday, but it's obviously relevant because it's summertime, but for any reason, absolute, you know, whatever, one to four weeks plus whatever, it's horrifying image, isn't it? A lot of people will panic and go, oh God, I've got to take two weeks off mm-hmm. the gym. The quote I normally like to pull up is, oh God, am I going to lose all my gains and we're going to come back and, you know, have no fitness, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. This is also going to be a good discussion, I think, for coaches and clients out there kind of for their relationship because conversations are often had when coaches will tell clients they want them to take a week or two off yeah because for num- numerous reasons obviously we won't go into all the context of why they might ask you to but or even vice versa we're actually the client yeah vice saying, versa. Oh, look yeah, i need yeah. to disappear for two weeks mm. not because they've like murdered someone but like they're on the holiday or <laughs> well, yeah yeah or, or or both you know they've murdered someone and they're still going on holiday sounds like a um what's that film called glass onions sounds like a plot to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> On holiday, fucking people up. <laughs> Daniel Craig comes out the shadows. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, yeah. it can happen. I mean, not often, I hope, but you know, it can happen. It can happen, absolutely. Um, if you're if you're the client or if you're the coach and you've said it, whatever whatever way around it goes, sometimes that can lead to quite a bit of tension in the air of almost like, oh God, what have you just told me to do? You've told me to take two weeks off. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Listen, Even though you've listened to your coach up until that point for their professional advice, the moment they tell you to stop doing the gym, you're thinking, oh, this can't be a good idea. So obviously we're going to break down the research and go through our own points. Firstly though, I think it's important to mention there is a lot of research on detraining. Um, detraining is a term that's often used in the literature. So if we mention detraining a lot, we're just talking about taking time off the gym. Um, however, a big chunk of this research it's quite difficult to generalize. Um, so if you were someone who took your training seriously, and by seriously, I just mean someone who goes to the gym quite often, maybe five times a week, has a structured program, maybe works for a personal trainer, it, it's hard to generalize for those people. And this will apply to any modality, really. So if you're a runner, uh, if you're as a gym goer, as I, as I mentioned. so yeah. And when I say it's hard to generalize, if we look at the actual research, there's some of it on immobilization, um, in which subjects are going to immobilize a limb. So if you're injured or hurt. Yeah, if you're injured, yeah. Um, or complete bed rest as well. So if you're completely injured yeah. or if you're just Sick. real when you can't do anything. Um, and while that's 
useful. You don't often find many elite athletes or well-trained athletes taking part in those studies because it's quite a it's quite a drastic cessation of activity. You could mm. say, like, you, you, by putting your a limb in a cast or by staying in bed all day, it's quite dramatic. Well, if you're a professional athlete, then you pretty much haven't got the time to be fucking about with studies like this. You know, that's if that's your living, particularly. You know, you're not going to, you know, yeah. for the sake, oh, for the sake of science, I'm going to take two weeks off of training. You know, meanwhile, you've got your coach fucking down your throat saying, what's going on? Why are you turn up for training? You're going, well, uh, you know, I'm doing stuff for science. Because you can't, well, you can't, because obviously athletes do take part in science, but it's done yeah. in a way where you won't have complete bed rest. You can't tell someone, you know, a top football mm. football player to go, okay, take three weeks off, mate, lay in bed, do nothing. They're forced at gunpoint. They're what? <laughs> gunpoint? What if you fucking, you're very murderous <laughs> today. I don't know. <laughs> a lot's Christ. happened in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> God, I'm quite, I, I kind of want to find out more, but I don't. I thought like, we'll, uh, we'll go off on a man, ta- massive tangent. Yeah. You know, I might... F- finish you off and end up going on holiday afterwards <laughs> right so obviously while that data is useful not the murder data the normal data while that is obviously useful most lifters most people of you most of you listening out there probably don't give a toss about what happens if you put your leg in a brace for three weeks you don't it's, it's not really relevant to you what most people want to know is what happens if you go away to barbados for two weeks what is going to happen to your body in that we've well, worked just crazy well, exactly. We obviously yeah. use holiday a lot because that time of year. But as Tom just said, other contexts could be very simple. Work's crazy. Life gets in the way. Um, and there's a, there's a you know, plethora of reasons why not. Okay. But we'll keep mentioning holidays probably. So we're going to help you answer those questions. That big important question. What is going to happen when you go away or things get in the way? Well, we've got a brand new study on this. Um, so super up to date, hence is why it's in this fitness news and we're talking about it. Uh, but then we are going to pull up an older paper. Now it is from 2013, but it is a big, big paper. 103 study, major analysis. Um, so it's certainly worth um, revisiting if you've not heard us talk about it or if you've not read it yourself. Um, but before all that, before we get into all the, the fun science, as we've mentioned in the last few weeks, we'll have fun, fun we find science. it fun sites we're going to take a look at some polls that you guys got involved with on instagram and as always if you want to jump in with those polls check out the show notes or go to at chat shit get fit podcast on instagram and give us a follow and you can join in with the polls let's pull these up i'm going to obviously do what i normally do with you tom see if you can guess so the first question was how long do you think until you start losing gains and i'll go through some of the responses so right one one of them i think i they, they're kind of on the right track. I think I've spoke to them about this before, previous clients. Mm. <laughs> so I think they so kind of cheating. know the answer. Yeah. yeah, kind of cheated, yeah. So some put, yeah, because a few people put this one, they put two to three, some put three. Um, and someone's a bit more specific, which I think is worth mentioning here. So they put in terms of cardio, five days. In terms of strength, around two weeks. Which is interesting, very specific. And then the next question, which was obviously more people got involved in because it was just a simple yes or no. Do you worry about losing gains slash fitness when taking one, two, three weeks plus off the gym? Tom, what do you think the percentages were? Um, first of all, I just want to quickly clarify. I think most of this episode, we're talking about it's in the context of uh, taking time off training or detraining in regards to resistance training. Yeah, we are going to, yeah, so yeah. The, the data we're looking at, the data we are looking at is mainly focused on that, but at the end, we are going to touch on anaerobic and aerobic because that is slightly different. But with these polls, with these polls, I'm going to assume that most people have also kind of like lined their thought process with us where like the first thing that pops into the head is, oh, they're talking about resistance training. Yeah, you know, yeah, they wouldn't. Your usual bread and butter at the gym. Um, what was... Th- 
what was the possible? Did, did we have like possible answers on this poll, or was it just, just, just yes or no? Question? Just yes or it's no. A yes or no. And what was do the question again? Ga- do, <laughs> do you worry about losing gains slash fitness when taking one, two, three weeks plus off the gym? Oh, see, a part of me wants to say, oh, most people would say no because they've listened to our past episodes. But I'm going to go ahead and say yes as a knee-jerk mm-hmm. reaction. Yeah. 86% of people said yes. They do worry. There you go. Mm. And I think that's doesn't, normal. That doesn't surprise me, actually. It does not surprise me. I mean, it's something I hear in the hear in the gym still to this day, where like you're overhearing like conversations, I'll be talking to someone, they'll say, Oh god, yeah, I've not been back here in like I've not trained in like a week. You know, so I've got to get back on it. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, 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 you, yeah. you need to get back on it. But people <sighs> fear that it's basically like going back to step one, or that they're gonna lose half their gains in that one week. I mean, you can kind of get an idea of the way we're phrasing our sentences where this episode is going to go. But the idea of this really is, is because if you're going on holiday, obviously we keep saying holiday, there's other contexts, but holiday, for example, especially a time when you relax, time when you chill out. If you're sitting there worrying about your gains on holiday, you're not really on holiday, right? So the idea of this episode is to hopefully put you some peace of mind and give you some sort of key takeaways yeah. where you can relax a little bit. And also, if you've got other things that come in the way, don't stress about it. The gym is one part of your life. A lot now, if you on. had like a death in the family, you know, you can still train. Why is it if you're in death today? Why are you, Why have like, you brought death into I, it again? I don't know. I think this whole thing with like this like Titanic sub has, you know, obviously like this is going to get released a week after this. It's going to sound oh, very, yeah. very, very dreadful. They'll probably be dead. Happens. Announced dead by then. Yeah, they'll probably be But uh, yeah, it's got to be very morbid today. Very morbid. morbid. Yeah. The thought of five people trapped in a Sorry about tiny- that tube i mean technically like i mean if i was to give us a spoiler considering how long they've been down there if they was to be rescued technically i wouldn't consider them to be detrained because they've been adopted i'm I'm ready to move this on actually because there's so many things i can you know push with this that i don't want to technically it is news though technically it is news i know it's not fitness news but it's some sort of news unless it's to do with like oh hyperbaric chambers and you know depressurization training and stuff like that i don't know i mean anyway let's move this up there so let's dive into this new study. <laughs> God damn it. That was a bagger. That was an absolute bagger. Right, anyway, yeah. So diving into this new Terrible. study. Um, so th- this new study is it's pretty small. It's only got 18 adult participants, um, but it does offer a better look at real-world scenarios in relation to detraining. So that's why it's important to look at because it is it's one of the few papers which actually gives you real-life context, which is really important when people are worried about um, actual detrain as opposed to immobilizing a limb or being bed rest. So <clears throat> the study is effects of a short-term tre- uh, detraining period on the strength deficit and functional performance of highly trained soccer players. The researchers investigated the effects of a four-week detraining period in 18 adult soccer players. Right now they're classified as highly trained um, and that classification was determined by they are team sports athletes competing at the state or national level. So that is a high level of of football um, or soccer. You listen to the stateside. And we've actually got a table here of their weekly training. So we can kind of give you an idea what they get up to. So this is this is what they would do um, before, obviously, the four-week detraining period. Uh, Monday, they would do thir- 20 to 30 minutes of resistance training. Then they'd do some sort of tactical training for an hour, offensive and defensive tasks. Tuesday, they do agility, passing and shooting skills and ball possession for half an hour. And game situations, tact, uh, technical, tactical training, basically just positional awareness for where they, what position they play in. Basically, it's specific to the sport of soccer or football. Wednesday, they're back in the gym again for 20 to 30 minutes doing some more resistance training. 
Then they're doing some defensive play for an hour hour. And Thursday, they're doing plyometrics and sprinting warm-up for 20 minutes. And then they're doing some shooting, um, more offensive-based training. So obviously, Dave thought it was defensive. Now they're doing offensive. Friday was technical, technical training. Fuck, that sounds intense, doesn't it? Technical, technical training for 40 to 50 minutes. And then Saturday was a just a chilled-out, small-sided game for half an hour because obviously the game was then on Sunday. So Saturday was like a little, little demo run. Just make sure everyone's happy before the game on Sunday, right? So it's a pretty full-on week. It's not like they do, they do quite a lot, to be fair. Yeah. And what the researchers did with these subjects was before and after the detraining period, they got them to conduct some tests. Of course, they can compare compare the two. And they were vertical jump, curve sprint and change of direction speed tests, 20-meter sprints. And then they also completed half squat testing with loads corresponding to 50, 100, and 150% of their body mass. Um, that was to measure peak force, mean power, and the strength deficit, right? Which is going to be probably more relevant to most people listening in terms of losing gains if you ask someone to go to the gym. Um, I just want to point out their terminology when they say half squat just means to parallel. That's just the way they phrased it. Right, so don't so to me and you, that's like a, a regular squat. A regular squat, but some people might it's think not that's, a half rep realistically. Yeah, it's not a half rep. It's a terminology. Sometimes research yeah. use terminology um, could be a bit confusing, right? But don't start thinking... It's a weird one to label squats. it as, but... Uh, yeah, I know. thought that because parallel is not a half squat, but maybe they assume... Yeah. Technically, I suppose it is halfway down because then you go all the way down after grass. But mind you, if they're soccer players, they probably ain't got a fucking clue what the difference is anyway. That's very rude, Thomas. I apologise. We aren't... We are a nation of football lovers. I mean, that is, you know, Joe, in their defence, I mean, that does sound like a lot of, like, very hard training. You know, especially yeah, will be, yeah. Uh, you know, the anaerobic side. So, you know, when mm. people say, you know, they're overpaid, you know, and nurses should be on the same wage. Um, oh, I'll tell you what, nurses, you, you oh try training, you know. You try training, like, what, seven days a week, okay? Then we'll then we'll really talk about pay, yeah? These, these are the thoughts of Tom and Tom alone. They are not... A representation of the chat shit get fit podcast. Take, take that NHS. <laughs> oh my god! Right, moving on from the Nahus, as it's called in Phone Jacker. Uh, the uh, good on it. The four week period. Right, so this detraining period they were talking about. This was conduct. This was conducted after the last game of the season. Right, and then. It was up to the beginning of their pre-season training because if you know anything about football, soccer, there's obviously a pre-season training period where obviously they ramp things up, make sure they're good and fit, ready to go for the new season. So this four-week period was literally done straight after the last game of the season up until they started pre-season. So it didn't really affect them too much. Right. Yeah. Um, and the results may surprise you. Okay, four weeks off, remember? Four weeks off, detraining. Firstly... There was no significant difference when comparing jump height or sprint outcomes before and after the detraining period. And secondly, this is the really interesting bit, there were significantly higher peak force and mean power values with half squat lows corresponding to 50 and 100% of body mass. In line with the significant peak force improvements at lower loads, the researchers also reported a statistically significant reduction in the strength deficit, which is interpreted as a beneficial effect. So an improvement. And then when using lows corresponding to 150% of body mass, the observed effect size was still positive, but smaller and non-significant. But the key thing really is you're actually not seeing any you're not actually seeing any drop-off. Yeah. Nothing is dropping below baseline. If anything, we're seeing modest improvement in some of these areas from them doing no training yeah. for four weeks. I mean, obviously this is the trend in this one specific study, but Yes. This is the important thing. The context is important because before the four weeks, these guys were 
you know professional athletes almost where they're training very very hard yeah, if you're so someone who trains only re- yeah if you're if you're someone who trains recreationally just does you know three times a week a little bit here a little bit there a little bit of cardio a few weights results may vary right i wouldn't <laughs> There's, you know, by taking four weeks off, you might not expect to see the same thing. But what we, you wouldn't still expect, though, is you shouldn't expect a severe drop-off. Yeah. And if you did see a drop-off, as we'll come onto the data in a second, it will be probably very subtle. Um, you might not even notice. And if there was one, you would rapidly restore it anyway after getting back into it. After getting back into the motion of thing for a week, you would, you'd be bang, you'd be straight back to it, no problem at all. But that study is really interesting because it, what it does show is in a professional setting when they do have that four weeks off they don't lose any fitness mm. and if anything they come back and that's the reason they probably come back a bit more the strength thing is because they're, they're rested and they're not doing fucking yeah. these mad uh, so they've peaked and, a, and then suddenly it's almost like a it's almost like a deload like a full-on yeah, exactly deload mm-hmm. where they've not done anything recuperated recovered adapted to their previous peaking of their training um yeah, exactly do you know what like Coincidentally, like I've had an anecdotal experience with this with clients where for whatever reason we've had to take and it's usually like impromptu, not even planned, you know, but I've had to take time off training them, whether it be through illness or you know, other things happen in life where I've had to take a week and a half or two weeks away. And when I finally come back to them, like my idea was to kind of like pyramid pyramid them up and just see like what they're capable of after that. Yeah. You know, this by the way, this is before I knew of the current evidence in regards to this particular topic. So in my mind, I was expecting a drop-off. Yeah. But um, in fact, they've actually blown out of the park. Either one, they've remained at their same intensity they were doing before, or two, they've actually gone and PR'd accidentally without us meaning to. Hmm. So yeah, I have kind of seen it where like after an impromptu deload or cessation of training, where they've not done anything at all, and I generally mean nothing at all, they've actually knocked it out of the park, which yeah, really surprised me. <laughs> but obviously, that's my N1 experience. You've just mentioned deload, Dan. I know it's not specifically on this episode, but there was a new paper that came out. Do you remember seeing that about deload, Tom? I think Brad yeah. shared it. Basically highlighting, look, yeah. it's not necessary for everyone. Not everyone needs to take a deload is what he, that paper was trying to suggest. Um, yeah, I, I actually agree with that. I mean, uh, that's, that'd mm. actually be quite a good episode to do by itself, but I, yeah, I, yeah. Could, I could spoil it. I could spoil it. Well, I can give my quick opinion on that, actually, and that is... I think giving a pick giving a pick is relevant to this episode, isn't it, about taking time off? Coaches, in particular with coaches, coaches love... A lot of coaches love planning deloads periodically, where it's like, oh, every... Every, every four, four weeks. week is a deload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At yeah. the end of each month, after each periodization is a, is, a, is a deload. It's a deload week as well, and it's like, you don't necessarily have to do that, you know? No. You, you can deload, and deloads can be good, and yeah, they are going to be necessary at time, but you, you actually need... To, this is why you need feedback from your client. And obviously, I'm talking from a coach's perspective, but if you're training yourself, you know, rely on your feedback. Are you adapting well to the training? Great. You know, are you sleeping well? Are you still making gains? Are you able to maintain that intensity? You're not feeling like shit? Great. You'll know when you need to take a deload. I think deload should be dynamic, shouldn't they? They should be dynamic. Yes. Yeah, exactly of, that, mate. It should be dynamic. When when do you feel like you need to have one? You know, when do your client feel like you need to... Do you feel super beat up that week? Or have you just done a big, big testing week where you've done yeah, like you've absolutely smashed exactly. yourself to oblivion? Or if you know that you have an event coming up in that week as well. So yeah, be, exactly that, mate. Be dynamic with it. You take it when you need it. But the problem is so many people just say, oh yeah, every four weeks you can have a deload, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Then what are you doing? Like if you're consistently training throughout the year, you're dedicating a big, massive fucking chunk of your training... So, and- a non-stimulus in, in yeah to a non-stimulus week. 
You're just undercutting yeah. yourself with like yeah. underloading. They can be useful and they should be implemented, but they should be implemented when you actually need them. When you need them, you know, absolutely. When you actually need them. And if, if anyone was taking my advice, I'd rather actually be coaches, you know, because I see it often where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to do a deload because that's what I've got planned in this, you know, spreadsheet. I made if you feel fresh, yeah, if you feel, if you feel like super fresh, you're like, well, I want to keep going. I want to improve. I want to do a bigger number now. I want to increase my weight. And you're saying, exactly. I'll go back down if to 60%. Doing really 60%. Well, <laughs> if you're doing really, really well with your training and the numbers are slowly going up or the RPE is actually going down, but you're some of the same weights, you know, like crack on with that. You might even need to go fucking heavier. But then suddenly yeah. someone grabs you by the hand and says, ah, 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 no, let's pull it back a bit. You don't need to. But if you're in absolute shit state and the numbers are, you know, not working out anymore, like your training's actually stagnating or it's reducing, you know, nothing feels good, then okay, yeah, deload then. So yeah, be dynamic. I like that word, yeah. Um, dynamic deload. Dynamic D, double D, not the breast size. Um, <laughs> right, so... <laughs> Didn't have <laughs> to throw that in there, but yeah, well done anyway. <laughs> well, <fuck it. laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll move on to the next paper that we mentioned, that 2013 meta. And this is titled Effects of Training Cessation on Muscular Performance, a Meta Analysis. This paper mainly focused on maximal strength, maximal power and strength endurance. Okay, so as Tom mentioned earlier, we are keeping on this angle of more strength training as opposed to aerobic slash anaerobic, but we will talk about that towards the end. Uh, so what do they find in this paper? Well, after unpacking... 103 massive studies what did they find is probably what you're saying right now you know the, the you know the drum roll please um maximal strength was mostly unaffected um but after 28 days the drop starts to be more significant right what we'll do is what we'll do actually we'll break down each of these three because i mentioned they do maximal strength maximal power and strength endurance we'll go through each of these individually um before i want you to tell you more at once so as i said first one maximal strength that was mostly unaffected however we actually got some charts here if you look after 28 days the drop starts to be more significant so if you actually put up the pay obviously you, you guys can't do it you're listening to us but i recommend checking out the show notes getting eyes on this meta and you can kind of start to see some of the uh some of the tables and charts etc um mm. and we can see it does start to get really they will go up they go up to like 224 days so people are actually literally doing <laughs> doing nothing for a long period of time but yeah up yeah. to that 28 day point the the drop off is is minimal as i said it's very subtle you wouldn't you probably won't even notice it have you said have you got eyes on this chart have you tom yep days of training cessation yep same and it's um as I said, it's not very significant at all. I mean, it obviously starts to drop quite a bit more in comparison after 28. Um, but then if you look at if you look at between, so 29 to 56 days, it obviously drops a bit more. But then if you look between 57 and 112, the drop out is, is still not that much compared to the 29 to 56. It's after that, like, it hammers. Yeah, after that, it fucking hammers it down. Yeah, it goes quite a bit. Do you know what, mate? This is actually, um, sorry, just because, so I was distracted before because I was actually trying to pull up this old, 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 old study that I'd saved somewhere on my phone. Um, 91. Oh, okay. So that's over 30 years old. So technically that's old. Yeah, it's older. Yeah, mm. 30, over 30 years. Uh, it was by, do, 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 so Starin L, and it was when they um, they had female weightlifters and they had them doing the squat, I believe it was. I believe it was a squat. And they had them train for 20 weeks and then they deloaded, the, sorry, they had them as a cessation where they did not train at all after a significant amount of time. And so I'm just, because I did it as a video, Rather than the actual PDF, I'm having to wait for the video to play to show the results. 
But yeah, basically after a period of squatting for 20 weeks of training, obviously their strength increased on the squat one at max. And then they had a deload of 30 weeks of no training whatsoever. 30 weeks. But there was only, in total, it was only like, I think it was just over like 10 kg they lost in total. It's not a lot of time, is it? It's ridiculous. In the grand scheme of things, considering how long that was detrained for, and then when they yeah when they kind of like started training back again, it, it took them a lot quicker to regain it. But that's a yeah. story for Which another we, time. Would yeah, we'll talk about that briefly actually later on. There's a little it does show that in the grand scheme of things, the evidence seems to point to you know it takes a lot longer we think for a significant drop. Yeah, and that's on this is on maximal strength. Okay, we're still in that context of max maximal strength because we are going to move on to the other two now. Which, to be fair, is probably what most people want to you know know about. Yeah, most people want to know, don't they? Want to know if they're going to lose their bench or their squat, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if we look at maximal maximal power, if we look at this, it the drop once again, it's not at, like interestingly. If we look at eight to fourteen days, it actually you go above, but you go above baseline, um, which is obviously a bit a bit of rest there. But then after that, if we look at fifteen well, to isn't it? Well, it's your deal, yeah. 15 to 28 drops subtly again, not really significant. It stays there for a little bit and then it only starts to drop a little bit over 113 to 224 days. So it's massive there. Um, the difference with this one, though, is the drop in this wouldn't be classed as significant as a drop in maximal strength. Mm. Okay, because mm. the weight, just the way it is, right? It's not, it's, it's not, you can't correlate maximal power and maximal strength. Obviously, the numbers are very different, right? So it's not as significant. However, if we now move on to strength endurance, this is where things change a little bit. Yeah. This was more significant sooner, right? There was a subtle drop literally within seven days and then eight to 14 days took quite a dip and then it keeps going down quite significantly to the point of where it's a massive drop at that 224 day point. I mean, even then, like you can see like there's a big change at the fifth. You see like a pattern here of every metric they measured here it seems that the biggest drop sent tend to occur like the 57 day mark minus minus well you know minus mm -hmm. for the uh, maximal power but uh, no sorry sorry take that back because actually no i take that back because maximal strength it wasn't until it was 113 days yeah yeah maximal strength that's was, significant was longer, yeah. oh so yeah actually ignore that's that. what i mean endurance is a lot sooner endurance is sooner yeah endurance is sooner yeah. but there the, you might be thinking at this point what why is it more than others but I, my point of view on this is that it's due to combination because strength endurance is technically both strength and aerobic. So anaerobic. Mm. If you're doing if you're doing a high rep scheme, let's say you're doing a high rep scheme workout, which lots and lots of reps requiring strength endurance. I don't know a barbell work a CrossFit style barbell workout is basically strength endurance if you're using a yeah. heavy enough weight. Um, and because you're getting a combination of both those losses over time, over as in strength and aerobic, such so anaerobic. Putting those two together is making a more significant drop off on the yeah strength endurance chart. I mean, when it comes to endurance, it's going to be well for me at least. I'm speaking for myself here, but it's bloody more fatiguing than if I do just something that's maximal in regards to strength. Yeah. Absolutely, power. yeah, that's it. So they were the three uh, sort of results for the things they looked at, and the, the takeaway really is that young adults, because we're not going to talk about older people, young adults can get away with. About a month, it seems to be, without the gym, without suffering dramatic losses. So, twenty-eight day period without you, 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 you. So, a month is actually a long time. Mm. It's a hell of a long time. I, I don't know many people who go away for a month or they don't go to a gym for a month because of some other commitment. No. If they've stopped going to the gym, they've stopped going to the gym. That's fine. But in terms of people having a little break, a month is a long time to not really see any significant a significant losses. drop off. 
yeah, where it's like a significant get, drop off where you get in that mindset where you start to think to yourself oh what was even the point of me training for the past year because I've now lost it all it's not the case at all this is sort of performance markers though bear that in mind because of how you feel is of course subjective if you go away for four yeah. weeks then come back to the gym the chances are you're probably going to feel a little bit sore it might take a few days to dust off the cobwebs you might take a little bit of you know greasing if you want to call that to get you get yourself back yeah. into the groove greasing the gears do you know what as well actually like um the thing that might be tricky at first is just the actual movement pattern itself depending on what the exercise is Particularly if it's like mm. a compound lift, like, you know, deadlift or squat or bench press, where it's a little bit more technical, mm. or even like a CrossFit style workout or, you know, an Olympic workout, Olympic exercise, even just getting used to that complex movement again after like a two or three week layoff, complete mm. layoff. It just might take a couple of like a proper warm up. You know, we talk about like a ramp up warm up, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. practicing the movement, going heavier each time, just making sure you're starting to remember and code into your brain, you know, oh, so that's the memory. Sorry, that's the movement mm-hmm. I want to be doing. Yeah. Firing off that motor memory again. Like, um, it's kind of like coming off, off holiday and trying to drive my car again after two weeks, having not drive a car in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know takes I can drive, bit, yeah. but it mm. just takes me a little while to fucking hell, right, how do I do this again? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's not a big drama, but I've just got to kind of slow it down a little bit and till I get my bearings again. And it all comes back to me anyway. So yeah, a lot of it might just be, yeah, it might just be like readjusting the skill to do the movement. But that that's obviously a subjective experience. Okay, so your, exactly, how you yeah. approach that will be very different. But in terms of actual stats and your actual performance markers, there shouldn't be a big drop off, right? You might feel a bit, oh, fucking hell, it's a bit odd doing a clean and jerk. Oh, that's, that's felt a bit rusty. But after a couple of goes at it, get yourself back into the rhythm of it. You'll be fine. You'll be back into your normal numbers, hopefully. Hopefully. I mentioned young adults because the context is important. Because if we look at the data, if we look at older adults, they're a little bit different. They pulled the data together, which obviously means they didn't split it into different age groups. But if we look at it, you can probably expect about half in terms of duration. But older adults, like elderly, right? So not like 35 or once. You know, that's an old, that's not an older adult. <laughs> Look at the age yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's an extra year on top of that, but yeah, cheers. Oh, sorry, mate. No, I mean, as in, like, you've underaged me. I'm 36. I've underaged. Fucker. Oh, you're 36, are you? You wouldn't think it, would you? No, I wouldn't, mate. Wow. You know, you're like, you're like Leonardo DiCaprio, just minus the E45, I just, you know, like, place myself in at night like a cocoon. <laughs> E45. E45 Vaseline. It reminds me of someone's nap. Like an old person. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, just smash it out Jeez, of <laughs> smashing out the E45, yeah. I have found that I've started moisturising a lot more, to be fair. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, that's good for you, mate. Good for the skin. Good for, <laughs> yeah, good for the skin. A couple of, couple of Werber's Originals and I'm good to go. It's good for the skin. Have you seen that? Good for the skin? No, good for the skin. Have you not seen it? What's the um? Oh, what's the fucking <laughs> thing called? The show? It's the American. It's an Australian thing on YouTube. You not seen it? I have, mate. It's gone no, right I'll over my head. Find it. I forgot what it's called now. My, I'll have to have a look. My E45 head. E45 head. Um, anyway, as I, was, as I was saying, reference old people, so Tom, um, you, you could probably expect a half what we just said there. So when I said four weeks, you maybe look at about two weeks before you start to see that little bit of a drop off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's basically the old people. Nothing, nothing really to add on to that. Obviously, some of it's subjective, but in terms of stats, yeah, it might be a bit quicker. Mm. It's also important to note something we mentioned earlier when we brought up the initial study was that a lot of the data is somewhat not real world and obviously some of those papers are going to be in this major analysis which is why that new paper is obviously handy to have because it's a bit more real yeah. world context but it does kind of echo some of the found findings in this paper okay maybe not saying you're going to somehow get better but 
what's important is that you're not going to see a drop off after a week, two week. Yeah. So if you go on a holiday for a week or two weeks, you shouldn't expect to see anything. If you decide to go away for four weeks, you're lucky bastard. Once again, you won't, you shouldn't see anything at all. Or if maybe, as Tom mentioned earlier, with work, if you had a big project come up where you've got to spend a month away from home to do some big yeah. work on site somewhere, once again, and if you are working in a manual job, you definitely won't see anything because you'll still be using muscle groups anyway. But mm. for most people, you should be absolutely fine, right? I think there's only one more thing really we should go into before we wrap this up, and that is, you. I think you alluded to it earlier, Tom, that's muscle memory. Yeah. That whole wild, that wild thing of muscle memory, right? Obviously, muscles don't have memory per se, right? They've not got their own little memory bank inside the bicep, but they kind of do. <laughs> but they cut, yeah. But they cut, yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. They can't, but they kind of do, right? So when you train, so say you step into the gym, you start doing the first time you step into the gym, you start doing some squats. Okay, so your first time doing squats, you're then starting to create these neural pathways, right? Once you stop training, so let's say you decide to stop training for four weeks, let's say, for example, those neural pathways you've built, they're going to stick around. Okay, they're not just going to suddenly vanish after you've stopped squatting. So when you then go back to squatting after your four-week period off, you aren't creating those new pathways. You're basically, I don't know, igniting, you could say, igniting those pathways again, which means it's a bit quicker, right? Hence why people often find if they go away for a bit, and they go back, let's say for an injury, I've had it before, anecdotally, let's bring this up. When I, what did I do? I think I broke my wrist, was it? No, it was, it was an injury. Yeah, so I broke my wrist. You did indeed. The funny is it, Tom? Is that funny, is it? What, what, what did you do again? So I broke you, my you, you, you lost a fight, didn't you? Oh, here we go. To hey, a punch hey, bag. Hey, <laughs> hey, yeah, funny. Hey. Do you know what I still oh, use you as an example to this day, to the members what of the mean? gym I work at, as to why they should not be fucking punching the bag full blast without any kind of support? Yeah, right, mate. Fucking rub it in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's your claim to fame. <laughs> claim to fame, is it? I'm being used as a fucking You are warning. literally the guy behind the safety brief. You're the reason <laughs> for a safety brief. <laughs> I'm That's the when you know video. you've made it. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. But yeah, so when I broke my wrist by losing a fight at the punch bag, as Thomas so kindly brought up on the podcast, mm -hmm. um, obviously I was out for a while in terms of body, but... when I got back into it, I actually got stronger and bigger when I come back like body-wise. <laughs> For the well, for the room, yeah. But and that is that is a lot of people have that experience. They'll go away for a long time or they'll get illness or they'll get injuries and they come back. But you come back very quickly. Obviously, not like I'm not talking fucking rapid, but you're a lot quicker than when you first started because as I said, you've already gone through and created those pathways, right? This is more relevant, obviously, for longer periods. So like one to two weeks, as we mentioned, there'll be no real drop-off. It'll be just cobwebs basically. But for periods of like 12 weeks plus, you should notice that this thing kicks in right this whole muscle memory thing kicks in normally when it gets thrown around it's if you had 12 weeks off it'll take you six weeks to build up to basically where you were again um like 100 or even more which is obviously quick all right obviously half the half the time when you're off right so which is pretty good um so yeah that's muscle memory obviously if you want to hear more about it drop us a message and we'll answer some questions if i could quickly go back to that study i mentioned earlier wrong because i've just actually found the actual pdf version of it now um, okay. So admittedly, it was a it was a small group. It was only six women. So yeah, basically they did twenty weeks of strength training in the lower body. So basically the squat. Uh, so yeah, twenty weeks of training. Obviously gained loads of strength from that. Then they pretty much detrained for thirty to thirty two weeks, which is a long time. Fucking it's ages, a, man. It's nearly yeah, a year. It's a long, long time. But then they started retraining again for six weeks after that. And after mm -hmm. that six weeks of retraining, they actually pretty much regained back all of their. Well, there you go. You know, 
Yeah, it goes pretty much what we were just saying, wasn't it? So, you know, it, you mm. can regain it a lot quicker due to that muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so to absolutely. Speak. To wrap it up, guys, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of reason, reasons, I should say, why you might want to take a break from training, as we've alluded to. Um, but the key takeaway is you should be okay from a performance standpoint. I would personally advise, though, if you're going to take some time off and you're a little bit worried, let's say, keep your protein nice and high, 1.6 grams per kilo, and avoid large calorie deficits. So if you know you're going to have three weeks off a holiday, try yeah. not to throw yourself into some savage deficit because then that might have a knock-on effect, okay? I would I would also just phone to try and do what you can do. Like anything that can somewhat mimic a pattern, it might not be the same. So like literally like if all you can all if all you can do is 10 body weight squats, at least it's better than nothing. Well, you know, Tom as well, if we go back to one of our old episodes, when we spoke about walking and how walking actually mitigates muscle loss. Yeah, exactly. Most people, not most people, sorry, but some people go on holiday, they go a lot of walking around, they go to visit like, these historical cities and they walk around Keeping all those fucking gears day. Gre- uh, greased. That, that, once again, will keep you fucking solidly out of reach of losing anything. Just stay active to, you know, with what you are what you have available to you, basically, with yeah, the yeah. resources you Absolutely, have. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. I mean... Oh, we can also touch on this to be fair as well, actually. So once you've gone away and you've come back and you've not lost any significant gains as we've kind of hammered home right about now, what about when you get back into it? Okay, because it's all good and well. We're saying you should be able to go straight back into it. But as we said, subject Straight into your one rep max just to make sure that you haven't lost anything. Yeah. There you go. What, what, exactly. While we're, saying, <laughs> while we're saying you haven't lost anything, what we're not saying is to go back and fucking absolutely destroy yourself. Um, in ter- but that, obviously, that depends, as we, as we like to say. If we were to give you advice when you come back, the context is obviously going to be important. Things like duration. How long? If you've gone away for two days, yeah. obviously it's not relevant. If you've gone away for a week, still not that much. But if you've gone away for five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, obviously there's a bit more to it. Obviously, the type of activity is important. What you actually do normally. If you're just someone who does walking every day, it's not going to really. You can probably just go straight back into that. I'm not. I won't be too worried. But if you're someone who I don't know does high intensity fucking sprints, that will change the advice you get given. But essentially, for all of context, really, is that first week crucial, I'd say, in terms of dusting the cobwebs off, i.e. don't send it like you never took time off. Um, uh, It won't be be the end end of the world, but what normally ends up happening is you end up like getting pretty fucking sore, to be honest, and you're pretty tired because you've just shocked the body almost. I don't like using that term too much, but... Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah. I know what you mean, though. You've done something that your body is kind of like... You know, even if technically you haven't lost much strength or much muscle, whatever, mm. it could still be a shock to you. You as an individual, it could still be a shock where it's yeah. like, you know, two weeks you've just... Yeah, unwell. because you're on a rested... Mentally as well, you're in a rested state where you've been pretty chilled out. You've had, you know, you've had time away from physical stress. Sure, we can throw in like a central nervous system in there or something. So yeah. where you've like spent CNS a lot of time response. chilling out and it's just a sudden shock. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? So... That, that first week is pretty crucial. I know people like to... Just, but the thing is, people have this mindset, I find, Tom, of um, they'll go away for two weeks, get absolutely hammered, all-inclusive, smashing cocktails, eating all the food in the world. Yeah. They come back and think, I need to fucking exercise this all off now. I need to fucking beast myself to make up for all the beers I've had. I mean, the thing is, what you could just do to simplify it is to maybe, like, in the, in the context of strength training, is you can still try and... If you know you could, if you want to try and lift the loads you were lifting before, you had your two week break or one week break, whatever, crack on. Maybe just reduce the volume for that one week and then see how you feel after yeah, those yeah. days. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're not in shit state, business as usual, keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
just have a little gauge, isn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. It's really important. But you don't have to enter in as if you're like just starting with an empty barbell. I think that's it, guys. To be honest, we'll wrap it up there. Key takeaway, do not fear. All of those who said yes, they worry. Don't worry too much. You've got plenty of fucking yeah. weeks to lose your gains. As I said, from a cardio point of view, yeah, bit of cobweb dusting off, but you'll be absolutely fine. Don't worry about losing anything significant. It might take you a week just to get yourself back into it, but you're probably fine because of the rest you had, you'll come back better and stronger. Yeah. But you might do at least. You might. Yeah, we can't confirm Maybe. That. Results may vary. Might Results may vary. Results may vary. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, look, in the end, like, in the long run, if you don't use it, in you will end, lose it. Does it even matter? <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. I love status Just quo. Um, <laughs> Fuck. <yeah. laughs> now, that's a dad joke, that. Fucking hell. I don't even know if they're alive anymore. Fucking hell. All four calls that they play on all of their albums and songs. You know, in the long run, like, if you don't use it, you will lose it. But that is the long run. And we are talking months and months and months or, you know, at least a very oh, yeah, know, really. end weeks of a month. Do you know what I mean? But like... Um, Most people who, if you're an elite athlete, for example, and you get something that stops you from able to train for like a year, they're because they're in a mindset of they like to be active. They'll do something anyway. They'll end up doing little bits and bobs. Yeah. They'll never be completely sedentary. They won't just stop, knock it on the head for a year. They'll be like, okay, what can I do? What can I do in this period? So they should they won't really lose that much because they are doing some form of activity in that period of cessation. Yeah. And you know, if I can speak on behalf of the little guy in regards to like just the average gym goer, I know a lot of them say like might think, Oh, I used to go all the time. You know, or you know, I managed to keep it up for like a good two years and I just fell off the wagon. You'll be very surprised at what you can regain back at what speed if you just yeah. get back into it. I've had numerous times I've had it in my in like I've had injuries. I've had it. I had an illness when I, when I had a quite a bad illness yeah. where I was off for quite a few weeks. Well, I came back and I actually got fitter when I come back. Do you know what? Actually, I just want to say though, in the context, like certain things will kind of like put a dent in it. So things like COVID, COVID completely fucked oh, yeah, me. That's, you know, that's a very, so, but that's yeah, obviously that's that's an outlier. Context. We're just talking yeah. about in general. Guys, that is all the news this week. Quite a long one. There's only one topic as we are now the new mm. the new thing. We're focusing on one topic, but it was quite a long one. Of course, a reminder. To everyone out there that we do have producers of the show, and they are called Jenny and Clean. Hello again. How are you doing? So originally, me and Bill was going to use your Patreon money to actually fund a sub submersible vehicle for our Titanic tours, but uh, we've since decided, in recent days, to actually put it on hold. Let's put it on hold, yeah. The twenty pounds we get on a monthly basis, we just realised it isn't going to get us the materials we need. No, 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 it's not going to get to me. But I don't think we should nip our gliding service in the bud just yet. I think we could still get away. Yeah, the, I think I think we could still glide. Yeah, yeah, plenty of bed sheets. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll be we'll fine. Be absolutely fine. Yeah. So th- thanks, Jenny. Thanks, Clean, for that. <laughs> yeah. Helping the gliding empire grow. Um, of course, they're producers. They are part of that special Patreon tier, and you too can be part of the Patreon community where you get the full video podcast unedited. All of the fucking shit that we say that we get edited out on the audio podcast most of the time will be on that video feed because we just don't give a fuck on the video one. We just go rogue. So if you want to see all that Indeed. and just watch us watch us talk instead of listen, go to Patreon uh, and sign up to one of the two tiers. You don't obviously have to be a producer. You can just be one of the regular Patreons. I'm going to do the old classic, you know. I'm going to do the old classic marketing here. It's literally the price of a coffee. It, it is, you yeah. Know. You're right, yeah. Yeah, it's actually a price of a coffee. It's what well, you know, the way inflation's going, it'll still be cheaper than the price of coffee. Fucking hell, I know. Like, mate, I went to a Starbucks yeah. the other day and they charged me four quid for a small coffee. Like, fucking hell, 
Did they grow the coffee there on site? Yeah. (laughs) London prices. Jesus Christ. Under the counter. I know. (laughs) I had to go, like, you know, start going for mellow birds or something cheap. (laughs) If you want to help us for the price of a cup of coffee, uh, a small cup of coffee, I might add, uh, head over to our Patreon linked down in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash CSGF podcast. It's very exciting over there. It is. No idea what's over there, but yes. <laughs> Brilliant. Marketing <laughs> went up high and now it's gone. Brilliant. Um, cool. It's been good to be back after a few weeks off and my gains have not dropped off, which is good to know. Thought it, you know. Oh, that was a nice little transition there. I like that. Yeah, it's good. Look good on it. I mean, I feel brain dead, but uh, I've spent most of my weeks building Lego, so you would after that. Maybe mm. I need to deload from building Lego. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe not a full deal. Could, Maybe I'll just transition to a bit of Duplo for a bit. Something easier. Maybe you should build a Lego submarine. Fucking got one. It's in the bath. Kids were playing with it earlier. I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> got one. What are you going to say? It's the bottom of the yeah. ocean. Uh, it, pff, you know. It yikes. is what it is. It's, um, it's been a pleasure as always. And we will see you next week. Same time. Same place for some more The Fitness News. See you soon. See you soon. See you soon.